Episode 30 on how to build a great researcher web page together with Lisbeth Smith. Let's go. I found websites that have like, you know, like eight menu items and then like with each menu item, a drop down of like 20 menu items. Oh my God. Like no one's gonna find what they need. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in again. So in this episode, we'll have a look at what actually should go on web pages, how they should be designed, how the menu should look like, and you will get all other sorts of tips and tricks. And I have to apologize, obviously some of you might have noticed that last week there was no episode coming out, and that is because I got married last week and it was all a bit, let's say, yeah, there was a lot of things to do. <laughs> so now here comes this new episode. I hope you learned something and then I'm very sure that in two weeks the next episode will come out. All the best to you. Take care. Enjoy the show. Let's go. Welcome to the Science Communication Accelerator podcast today again with yeah, with a guest that has already been visiting us, uh, Lisbeth Smith, and we're going to talk about how to build a great researcher webpage. Welcome to the podcast, Lisbeth. Yeah, well, uh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for welcoming me into your podcast again. Lovely <laughs> to be here again. Yeah, I had the feeling last time uh, when we were talking about how to make design sexy, I was like, this lady has much more knowledge and I would love to share that as well. And I think uh, since since all researchers who really mean it should have a web page. I thought maybe why not inviting you back again? So I'm really happy that you that you make time for, for the podcast. So welcome back. Always, always. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Okay, Leah, audience. So we're going to talk about web pages today, apparently, obviously. And we're going to have a lot of things that we are covering. So you're going to learn what a normal web page obviously needs, what you should not do. And um, yeah, obviously also what you should avoid. And then maybe also get into some uh, tips um, to, yeah, that we'll cover in the, the second part of this episode. So Lisbeth, maybe let's start just with the very, very basic questions. Why do you think should researchers have web pages? Oh, um, obviously don't everyone should have one. <laughs> don't pretend you didn't expect that, that question. Um, Actually, no, good question, because I, I think it's not actually not for everyone, um, mm -hmm. but it gives you all the control over the content you post. You know, on LinkedIn, um, you don't have control over everything you post. You don't have control over how it looks. Um, um, yeah, you don't own the, the website, right? You don't control the algorithm. You don't know what people will see. Um, on your own page, you can decide your own narrative and you can really direct your voice to a wider audience and um, makes it easier if you start blogging, for example, for people to find you. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. but you started with not everyone needs a web page. So why, why is it that not everyone needs one then? Well, I think it's just not for everyone. There's, there's the researchers that don't want to be on the forefront. They don't want to be found. They care about privacy. Um, they don't want to be found and people Google their names. So I think not everyone wants a web page. Also, it takes time. It takes effort. Um, not as much effort as most people think, but still, um, if it doesn't fit you, I, I always say like, do what you want. <laughs> don't do whatever <laughs> I say you should do. Um, 
but I think uh, it can really add to your career, for example. So if you're doing like, um, if you have a job interview, then people are going to Google you. And what we see often in our workshops, we ask people to Google themselves, right? And what comes mm. up is like, whatever, their marathon times. Or, um, or this one interview they gave into <laughs> for a local paper. Um, Years ago. Or like the High School Musical, <laughs> something <laughs> like that. So you don't want that. You want people to actually find the new you, the, the you that they're hiring. Um, so having a web page, so just for the only reason that people already know your name and Google you, and then you can decide what people view about you and you can... You show how professional you are. I think that really works. Also, an employer will think, wow, they really care about their research. They're really putting in the effort. Um, this is a great candidate. So I think that's part of like a career thing, um, but also visibility, but also connections with other researchers, um, sharing your knowledge, sharing data. I think it's really important in science nowadays. Mm. And it also just gives you more visibility, isn't it? Because yeah. uh, the people might find you if you have the right keywords on it, not because they know your name, but you are apparently blogging or writing about something that they might be interested in from a topic. Yeah, uh, from a yeah. Topic there's, point there's, of view, maybe. there's two ways basically people find you. So either they know your name and they're Googling it and they find your website. Um, That's actually pretty simple if you have a not so common name. Sometimes people have really common names. It's really hard or they have a famous people with the exact same name. Um, so and, that's, oh, that's not helpful, is it? Yeah, if, you, yeah, if no, there's a celebrity, with, it's not helpful. <laughs> okay, in one of my workshops, I had someone called Lisbeth Smith. And I told her she's never going to have a website that people can find because they always find me. But so uh, she was she she knew how hard it was to be found. Yeah. Um, but the other way is like if people don't know your name, how are people going to find you? People are going to find you by interest. Right. So if you have a blog and you blog about um how to do research in public health, or you have a blog about that and someone has the same interest, then other people will find you as well. And then you can connect mm. on what you have in common. Yeah. But let's be real. Web, web pages are like single web pages of single researchers that are not updated every three seconds. Have a hard time being found online as well, is it? Well, if you just start out, yes. However, if you create really good content, um, and of course you can use your social media to, to have people come to your website. Um, yeah. And the most important thing, because people always forget you're not building a website for yourself. You're building a website for your audience. So just telling people who you are is actually, it's not enough. Um, you need to be, you need to solve the problems of the audience you're trying to reach. You need to be really relevant. Um, if it's just a resume, like, hey, I'm Lisbeth, I'm a nutrition scientist. And this year I went to this university and this year I went to that university. No one cares. People care about their own problems. People have a problem in uh, SAS or in R and they're trying to find the find out the solution. If you blog about that and you help them, oh, you're so relevant to them. They're going to love you and they want to connect with you and follow you and be around you. So just telling people who you are, like just having a resume, it's really not enough. You can use LinkedIn for that. Uh, so you would actually say, okay, if you don't have anything else than your resume, then you should probably not do a web page. 
but yeah. it only makes sense to really get into that if you really create content around it because you you know you could think okay it's a how do you call it it's a business card some people say a web page yeah, is a business card on but what you just suggest then it would go probably way beyond being just a business card but really create uh, creating opportunities to solve issues that your potential audience might have yes I, what i want is to to kind of push people to get more out of their web page um, and a lot of people, they start building a web page without knowing what their message, their goal and their audience is, right? What do you mm. want to achieve? Are you building this web page for what? To, to connect to more people, uh, to help people, to uh, become the expert in your field? Um, are you doing it just for your own career? Are you doing it for a specific job interview? Who's your audience? Are those peers? Are the general public? Is it the media? Um, is it your boss or your professor you want to work with? There's a ton of choices and you really need to get that clear. And then you can build a great website that works with it. If you're saying mm. my website is just like a fancy LinkedIn resume site, that's fine too. Um, just make sure that your goals align with what you're doing on your website. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. How, but next question, I'm like, okay, this is actually, it's these questions come from me directly now. Um, and this, because you know, what, what do you do if you don't have like one specific goal, but if you have several, obviously then probably you have to try to cater to these several goals that you might have, but that might also dilute the messaging on the web page. Could you see that as well? Like, for example, when you want to be seen as an, I'm not sure if I like this word, but like thought leader in several different areas, how do you deal with that? As, as a consultant, as you, Lisbeth, or how, what kind of suggestions would you have Just for these kind of people? Just make sure that you produce content and you show that you're the expert at all those different fields. Mm. Um, I do like kind of like a niche approach. It helps, but I build websites for people that do like five <laughs> different things, right? Um, and it's still possible. Uh, as long mm. as you... Um, I think always when I build websites for people or researchers or entrepreneurs that do like multiple things, they always have one kind of overarching theme or, or overarching like idea, or they want to w make the world a better place. And they do this by A, B, and C, right? Mm. Um, so try to find kind of that common theme that overlays it. For me, it's making science sexy. I do like 10 different things. So that's the overarching theme. It's really clear. Um, and then you can focus on all those little, little items. So it's definitely yeah. possible, but sometimes it's a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I didn't say it in the beginning, but yes. So Lisbeth has already been at the podcast. I, I definitely said that, but Lisbeth has been on episode 25. So people, if you want to actually know who this Lisbeth lady is and what she does in order to make science communication sexy, as she just said, then please check out uh, episode 25 there. We already talked about that. So we talked about how design, like some we talked about tips on how to create design that can actually compete um, with all the other design and all the other science uh, the all the other content that's out there that comes from professional marketing marketing uh, uh, departments maybe or that yeah with whom people want to sell stuff because we also need to sell our research in a better way more professional way and this yeah, is where yeah. Lisbeth comes into the game <laughs> to avoid all the <laughs> academic traps <laughs> yeah 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 let's talk in jargon and make sentences that are like five lines long and yeah, yeah. use random colors yeah. <laughs> blue i remember blue is your favorite lisbeth yeah exactly um, don't use blue. Not, 
<laughs> yeah, don't use also on your website. Don't make a, don't copy like white and blue like LinkedIn. Make your own, uh, your own stuff. <laughs> make your own stuff. Yeah. So Lisbeth, you, you already started on like giving some general tips, and that was like yeah, cater it to your audience. But then I'm um, like, can can you drive us through the through the process of like when audience when the audience comes to the web page, um, you know. It's not that they're interested in, in very long long text, for example, whatever. What what can you like? What should what are the basic tips that people should have in mind when even starting to think about a web page? Well, um, people who come to websites are very different people that read your academic paper, right? Your peer reviewed paper. It's, I mean, it's long. They're dedicated. It takes an hour to read it to really go through it. So people are highly motivated to read your research on the web. That's the opposite. I don't know. Probably you're watching a Netflix movie. At the same time, you're doing social media. You follow a link maybe on, on LinkedIn. You're doing something at the same time. You kind of scan it. So if you look at how people behave on the web, they're always in a hurry. They're busy. They're doing something else. They're watching a movie. Um, also, some researchers pointed out that 80% of people on a website, um, they only scan the page. They don't read anything. They just read like a couple of headlines. Uh, some some uh, studies actually say that they read up to 20% of a page. So if you're filling, writing all your stuff on your website, people will just read like a tiny bit because they're watching uh, Orange is the New Black. No, that's, that's it. What's the hip thing <laughs> now? The, the latest Netflix show. Um, so you really need to realize that people, you need, you need to get to the point. And I know from experience, researchers are a little bit um, bad at getting to the point really quickly, but that's what you really need to do on a website. So it needs to be active, passive, short sentences, lots of headings. Um, yeah, those are just really think about that. This is a different audience. Mm, mm. And so... So, you know, there's many different types of web pages that you can do. When we talk yeah. or when we used to talk, Elizabeth, we talked about like one pager and there I think it's really, it's like quite, I'd say, I don't, I don't want to say easy, but like kind of, uh, uh, it's a no brainer that you scroll through, you have nice pictures and you have lots of, uh, lots of headings as you just suggested. Yeah. But um, is that the only page that you would recommend researchers to make? Or is that like a starter page that you would re recommend them or what, like, Drive us, get us through the process of like what types of web pages are actually out there and which one you would recommend to a researcher who's might, who might be just starting out uh, yeah. against a researcher who's maybe very known in the field already mm -hmm. and has more, let's say, experience under the belly. Actually, I would probably recommend a similar type of website. I think when okay. you're starting out... Um, People always say like, oh, I need like 10 pages because I have to say things on 10 different things. But then you're really confusing people because no one's going to read all the 10 pages. So the, the one pager, the landing page, the starting page, that's the first thing you need. Um, and it's basically a really sharp summary of who you are. And a website, just any website, but specifically a landing page, needs to answer just a few questions. Who are you? What do you do? What problems do you solve? How is the, re the website relevant to your audience? Uh, credibility. How do I know I can trust you? Well, how, how do you build that? Yeah. How do you do that? Um, yeah. Well, if you're an entrepreneur, I would say reviews from other people. 
That's mm-hmm. not the case for researchers, of course. But mm. you get credibility by just saying, hey, I have a PhD. I'm doing a postdoc. I published in Nature. That's credibility. Um, mm. Or if you want credibility in another field, uh, I presented at five different conferences. I was a keynote speaker. Um, yeah. I was on Julius's podcast. Well, look at that's me. Re- <laughs> that's really good for building credibility, I exactly. think. Exactly. <laughs> or... or connecting with other people for example if your supervisor is really famous saying you worked with them um all all that stuff really builds your credibility and your trust and that's really important Mm. as well um Mm. so those are things that are really important to say usually um i help scientists and, and and other people write that in five lines so the answer to all those questions is five lines and it's the first five lines you read on a website and then kind of you can expand on it. So you, you'd have like, um, so the first section would usually be um, five lines about who, what, where, and why, how can I trust you? And what do you do? And what can, you can help me with? And then there's a section a little bit more like, hey, who are you? Um, where'd you study? What is your passion? What is, what's going on with you? That's and, a bit like, yeah, mm, history. Um, yeah, your, a your little bit of a bio. Maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. But don't make it like a LinkedIn bio. Um, I usually like to read more a little bit about the personality of a person than the the years that they worked at a certain university. So, um, how can you get that? Like, the, how do you get personality into a text? So, what I love, so I love working with researchers, and I love hearing them talk about their passion. So. Most researchers are just really passionate or they have like, oh, this is this problem that we have in our field and we need to solve this. And I'm really interested in how this works and trying to find ways to find out. And you can hear by my voice, like this is usually how Mm. a researcher will talk. So that's what I try to capture in like this little bio. Mm. Not not the boring stuff, but the 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 motivation. Why are you doing what you do? that's really catchy if you can write it that way. It's really hard for a lot of people. But yeah, yeah, because you know we, we as researchers are really trained to do different type, to produce different type of text, and then suddenly we have yeah. to yeah be vocal about yeah as you said passion and motive motives and what drives our our understanding, but also what drives our action. That's not what we are used to. But I guess that's why there's great people like you, Lisbeth, that guide researchers <laughs> like me in such a process and the other folks so that are listening. Let here. me ask you a question: yeah. What drives you? Like it's uh, people find it really interesting to know, right? In your expertise, why do you want to do the research you do? Yeah, well, well, actually, I went through a coaching process uh, to find that out, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was asked that question. No, but I, me personally, and then we come back to the podcast again. I, I'm driven by two things. I want to support uh, the acceleration of the energy transition. So to make sure that we have a viable living planet and that we give to on the next generation. So that's yeah. my first thing. And the second thing is to help researchers being better science communicators. And these are the two things that all my professional life evolves around. And I will not do anything else until my, until I'm 90 and I die. So um, well, that's, I'm, that's me. <laughs> this is a great example, actually, because what you're saying now is something people can relate to, right? So if mm. on your website, you write about how you want to make the world a better place. And, um, and if I read that, I also want to make the world a better place. I read it and I totally instantly feel a better connection with you. And I want to mm. work with you and I want to connect with you. And um, so shouting out your passion, your big goal for the world. I think that really, yeah, makes you mm. connect with other people. 
it's interesting that you there come back to to relationships because i feel any project or any work that you do it, it's always getting better or it even it can only materialize if you have relationships with the people that you do it yeah and i always think that text is actually not a is like videos and photos tell you i feel for me at least tell you tell way, way more about a person because then you realize how how does this person what kind of person what kind of clothes does this person wear how, how does this how does she or he talk act you know all this stuff but and i think text is actually not so great about it but on the other hand with text you can describe things very very specifically that you cannot maybe get across in a picture so uh, so it, it yeah, you just, need it all yeah, you cannot, you cannot have either or yeah yeah but maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah i was just wondering like obviously text is super important and that's what you do in a web page um, and you try to build relationship as well but i was just wondering do you think Lisbeth, it's a good idea to actually have it for example a youtube video embedded into the web page where people have the opportunity to not then only read your text but also maybe get to see you Oh yeah, I think that's a great idea. However, it should not substitute one or the other. Um, I was building a research website where one of the junior researchers asked me like, oh, we're doing a blog, but people mm. don't read anymore. So should we instead just like read it out loud or blog? And that's the wrong, like it needs to be end end. <laughs> um, some okay, people so you can, like yeah, to so read. You can write. Mm. Um, because you want to be able to scan the page, right? If you're watching that mm. Netflix movie and you're scrolling through someone's resume, mm. then you want to be able to scan the headlines. Mm. So give people the choice. However, if you're on the train, you have nothing to do, you're there on the web page, you have your earplugs in, yes, you can watch a YouTube video of someone. So I would always use end end. And I do think it's interesting to see how someone is on video. However, a lot of researchers are introverts. Um, and they don't feel comfortable Which is okay. being, yeah. yeah, exactly. So please play to your strengths. If you are great at doing videos, do a video. If you're great at writing, do like write more. If you're great at doing funny diagrams about your research, do that. So yeah, do something that, that works for you and your personality. Yeah. I think what you just pointed out, Lisbeth, is, 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 is key always when it comes to science communication is like play to your strength yeah. because no yeah. one is, if you're good at writing, you will not like to make videos, then no, everyone yeah. will see that you <laughs> yeah. don't like to make videos. And that's okay. Like, just scrape it. Just don't do it. And also, yeah. this this reminds me of this other tip that I always give to people. People always, uh, so for example, I really don't like, personally, I don't like statistics. But I feel like I should be good at it and I should, you know, work more on it. So I would put it on my website. I think I... When I would, maybe 10 years ago, if I would build a website, I would say, oh, I can do statistics and I can do this and this. Don't put anything on your website you don't want to be associated with. So, for example, if you are an introvert and you put this one video up where you're doing something funny on video, but you hate it, people will think that you're going to love it and they're going to ask you to make ask more videos. Yeah. So only put on your website what you want to do in the future and not what you've done in the past. Oh, it's interesting because on the one hand you said we need to build up credibility and that I guess yes. comes normally from stuff from the past. Yeah. But I think it's a very good tip to not yeah, to 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 cater that web page to what you want to do in the future so that people who might hire you or call you or whatever mm -hmm. know what what to call you for. Yeah. So, for example, if you did your PhD in whatever uh climate change but now you've gone into physics um and you love and you really want to continue your research in physics, then don't put 
like anything on climate change you don't want to do you say like oh i, I did this yes credibility PhD at, at that university but you don't have to exactly. say in what for example well yeah. you say a little bit but it's just like visually on your website it's a tiny part but you expand on your love for physics mm. um so people associate you with the content on your website um so so also if you don't yet have experience in the field you want to be in you can expand about your passion you don't have to say like oh i don't have any experience but you can just say on your website hey i'd love to work more in this in this field just yeah. say out loud what you want to do and then people will remember it yeah no cool sounds good so we were talking about okay Okay, normally it's going to be, if it's just for researchers, it's going to be a, a one-page a one or web-page. Um, and, and, uh, and then a lot of headlines, not so crazy much text, but yes. you can still put some, some photos and maybe some videos if you feel comfortable with yeah. it. Is there anything else that needs to go on a web-page? Well, yeah. So uh, for starters, the one-page website is usually where I always start. And then if people are comfortable and if people have kind of like gotten used to the idea of having a website, I tell them to start blogging. Um, because like having several web pages with one like about me or a whole thing with um, my resume or contacts, like those are all pages that will probably be filled with one paragraph only. Mm. There's You don't have enough, usually enough content for like five major pages. So one one pager mm. where the summary of who you are and what you do and then start blogging because like how you're being found is for your expertise. So every blog is something that can be relevant to someone and uh, they can be your train of thoughts. It can be a how to on use, how to use R. Um, you can be sharing your methods of doing research or analysis or whatever you, you do. Are you know um, the findings of a paper of your recent paper or even the findings of a paper from a colleague in your research group yeah. whatever if it fits into your uh, if if it fits into what you want to provide value about isn't it and and then you should not yeah there should be a combination like what you like to talk about but also if what you want to read about right we're both the producers and the consumers of web pages so we know really clearly about what we want to read about so for mm. example i would love um to have someone else dissect an important paper for me this is what i would love to read as a nutrition scientist like if someone like latest paper on cholesterol and then someone kind of like goes through the paper tells them tells you the big picture i would love to read that so think in your field what you think is missing or what you would love to read even something you'd pay money for, like this is important and this is gonna help me in my career. If you can produce that type of content, wow, you are gonna be the expert. You're gonna be recognized for what you do. Because mm. you're, and, yeah, you're relevant. And that's, is, yeah, that's the, it's not the thing. It's like, it will not happen overnight, but if you do that consistently over time, then some magic will happen and people will find you, isn't it? Because it's hard to believe, I feel, in the beginning. But I remember, Lisbeth, last time when we yeah. talked on episode 25, you said, yeah, we're doing this now for, uh, you said, 10 years or something? Yeah, yeah, we're and 10 then, years. And then you said you get so much just traffic through your webpage because you apparently, you know, you're being found on the web through the webpage. And that will definitely not happen with anyone who builds just up a new webpage. But with you, you are a living example of that it can work and that it actually that web pages actually drive traffic in the long run well and if you're relevant to other people then they will link to your site and they will share it because they think hey i'm people will love me for sharing this amazing content mm -hmm. 
so people want to associate with you and share share what you do if they think it's relevant. So really, most important thing about websites: be relevant to your audience. Yeah. So um, when we now look at like every page, pretty much has a navigation menu, and um, you suggested some uh, like what what like. You have some ideas how a navigation menu should look like yeah. and maybe not look like. So maybe give that to the audience. Um, so people need to see in like three seconds what you do. And if you're, they want to know if they're in the right place to answer their questions, right? So they open up your website if they're on the desktop and they're, they're looking through like the first thing they see is usually navigation menu on top. Um, and what I often see is that it's always the same. It's like home, projects, about, services, news, contact. But really, if you read that, you can be a plumber. You can be a sex worker. You can Anyone can have a menu like that. So we don't Nothing know Nothing against sex workers and plumbers, no, no. Though, so obviously. I, no. like, everyone could have it. That's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like everyone, mm. everyone can have that menu. And I don't know what's behind it. If I'm, I want to know if I'm looking for a plumber, then I'm at a plumber's website. So mm. one of the things that helps you do that is with the navigation menu. Um, so if you just have, um, I also build a lot of websites for like consortia research websites. Um, so with a lot of consortium and a lot of people, a lot of institutes. So if you have an about, if you just call your navigation menu about, I'm like, I don't know what's behind it. Is it about the research? Is it about the people? Is it about consortia? Is it about the researchers? Mm. Um, you need to prime people. So instead of about, I would say our research team or, um, or team of experts or, or consortium members or, or consortium partners. So make it a little bit more clear because yeah. people won't click on a link that they don't know what's behind it. If it's super generic, why would you click, click on it? Because you want, yeah, it's, it's yeah. time that you can, that you, that you invest and you don't even know what you're getting out. So your return, your return on investment can be very low if it's not specified. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> And then, for example, if you have, if you want to talk about your research, don't say our research. Meh. I don't want to learn about research. I want to learn about the type of research. So, so say something like uh, learn about our expertise in sustainability or um, epigenetics or, or yeah, uh, or epigenetics yeah. research <laughs> or something like that. So put the word innovation words theory. In. <laughs> yeah, anything, whatever your be my field word. is. And, yeah. and for contact, right? What do you want people to do? Do you want people, yeah, you contact, like why would someone contact you? What do you want mm. people to do? Do you want people to follow you on social media? Do you want people to send you an email and ask you a question? Or do you want people to contact you so you can collaborate on a new paper? So mm. in that contact, so in the navigation menu, you can put so much more information that's a little bit more helpful. So. You need to help the people navigate your website and you have to help the people find the content that's right for them. Mm. So, so you suggested now like one, two, three, four, five points maybe in, in the navigation. I yeah, could think the that there's research. Five is yeah. max. I was just thinking about yeah. it. I, I could think that there's research. I love research and I'm myself my researcher. So I can, can I say nasty things about researchers? I don't know, but I think we all think that we are special and we might have so many things to do and to say. So would you suggest 
keeping it at these four or five and as he's yeah okay you just hinted yeah. to it but you would say <laughs> less is more less is more yeah so okay not going into eight but keep it at four so or five i do i do have a lot of examples where there is more content and it's kind of like a complex research and there's so many different mm. things about it or the other day i made a website where they're really sharing their data so they had to have a lot of other pages about data sharing and protocols and stuff like that um, and then i separate the menu so i have a double menu one is like the practical menu, the things that you like um, about us, like uh, get in touch, um, um, download our paper, stuff like that, like really practical. And then I would separate the interesting stuff. And the interesting stuff is then the research, the type of research you're doing, etc. So if it's really complex, I'll split it up and visually it will look a little bit different. So it's clearer. I don't do drop-down menus. I've seen a lot of EU websites where I, so also I have a collection of really bad EU websites mm. on Pinterest. Um, cause I love it. I love it cause I want to improve it, <laughs> but I also, yeah. I'm a little bit angry about it. Um, yeah. but these, I found websites that have like, you know, like eight menu items and then like with each menu item, a drop down of like 20 menu items. Oh my god! Like no one's gonna find what they Understand. need. Understand? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Distracted. <sighs> choice, choice problems. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another thing that you don't like next to very uh, next to overarching and no over burgeoning is that the word uh, um, navigation menus is the way how researchers sometimes write on the web page. So you suggest, um, yeah that avoiding academic prose is a good idea. So if we avoid academic prose, what can we do instead then? Yeah, this, I mean, researchers find this really, really hard. Um, I try to train them as best as I can, but mm. it is really hard. If you've been trained to write passive long sentences, as you mentioned just earlier. Um, so really simple thing is to write in question and answer format on your website. It's not the whole website, because it, it will be a little bit ridiculous. But um, you can like, this is the simplest thing. So ask a question, like imagine you're talking to someone. So you can say like, did you know that we can use origami folding to deliver nutrients in the body? We work on innovative technology, work with us to, and do your PhD with us, mm. right? So it's like a question answer, or how can you store uh, CO2 in the ground? Um, that's what a research project is fine to understand. Or if you're looking for job opportunities, are you looking for a postdoc in physics? I'm the right person for you. So people, you're, you have to speak to the person on your website. So, but please don't do it as welcome on our website. Please, please don't, <laughs> please don't do welcome. Um, but talk to the person. It's like as if you're opening a door, right? Like someone calls, <laughs> um, rings the doorbell. Welcome. You open the door. Um, you're talking to them. You're not talking like in the void. You're talking to a mm. person who's actually reading this. So this is an easy format to avoid all this because you cannot be passive in a question. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, no, get it. But I guess that's like one of these key ideas that you suggest there that, that are so applicable to whatever we do. It's yeah. obviously, it's, it's applicable to web pages, but if you make a LinkedIn post and you, about your new paper or whatever, don't write new paper hot off the press in that and that journal. No, 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 no. And then you might actually go to the go to the um, 
to the title, but people yeah. already stopped reading exactly. many, many seconds ago. Instead, you could say, okay, are you interested in the newest, you know, you were some giving a suggestion yeah. about cholesterol or whatever, you know, new research, uh, new, I, new, I don't know, new findings about how good or bad cholesterol is, is for your body. If you want to check out more, click here, whatever. And then like that, you put yourself directly into the position of the consumer of your content. Yes. And I think that matters, as you said, for each web page, but it also matters for, in, in any other way how you produce content exactly. and how you distribute content. We, we give yeah. this workshop on social media where we do an exercise and we, uh, we let people write the same post in like three different styles. So like question, answer, uh, statements, and a... I forgot the third thing. <laughs> but uh, so questions really good. Yeah. Like, did you know? Um, but statements also good. Um, so for example we need to reduce the amount of bad trans fats in foods. And then you can go further. I hate it when people were, you're just describing saying, so proud of my new paper. That's it. And then a link. I don't know. Like, <laughs> what is your paper about? What? What about? <laughs> do you actually want people to read it? Or do they, do you just want them to know that you're so cool that you just got something published? Oh yeah. 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 I, <laughs> I know. I hate that. I'm so proud of, cause it doesn't give any context. It doesn't give yeah, any, no. it doesn't give any, <laughs> any value, whatever. Yeah. Lisbeth, now we talk like, I have to go a little bit back, but in your, in the navigation menu that you suggested, you always have say home. Do you really think that home is a good thing to click on? Like every every web page has home, but what does that even yeah. mean? Like, do we need home or like I don't know? On my first web page for the Empower podcast, we we call it up, but I'm also not happy. I'm not sure if that's like the best idea. But home, who's home? There's no one lives there. Such a good question. There's actually a lot of debate about this in the in the web tech world. Um, on the one hand, people know to click the logo to go back to home, right? Mm. They know. Most people know, but we also see that people don't know. <laughs> Maybe sometimes people don't know. Yeah, okay. So um, if you expect that your audience is not super, super techie, or you have a really broad audience and you don't want to exclude anyone, I would usually do a home there. Mm -hmm. um, if you use it, if you, I also, I would love to call it anything else than home, but then people don't know what it is. So on mm -hmm. websites, um, you see that people want to um, do something fun and crazy and different than everyone else, but everyone expects a logo to be at the top left and menu to be at the top right mm -hmm. and um, follow conventions. If you don't follow the conventions, then people might get frustrated and annoyed because they cannot find what they're looking for. For example, yeah. And you yeah. don't want that. Mm. So it's a little bit of we do need to um we cannot be too creative because then we lose people but home yeah sometimes i use an icon with like a little home so i don't have to write out the whole word sometimes i don't use it um and sometimes i do it depends a little bit on the case yeah okay no yeah. i was wondering about that and now I, that's why i had to ask this question to the professional here yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there is so there is one more topic that I would love to have a little chat about, and then we do one, uh, two. Then you get, then there's two little things that we agreed that we talk on. But the first question would be, or this question that I still have is like, would you suggest that anyone, when you have the first web page, does some kind of search engine optimization? Because if you read about it, it's like use these keywords. You need links from others, la 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 la, to get your web page more visibility. Is that something that you think is important for someone who just starts out? And do you suggest that person that people read about it and then maybe make their web page more SEO friendly? 
Or do you think it's like, okay, with these tips that you get in one hour of watching YouTube videos, you're not going to get far at all anyway. So just do yeah, use the 60 minutes for doing something else that's nice. I think I think the with the five top tips, write good headings that are relevant to your audience. And um, yeah, just the five SEO top tips, you get like 80% of the way there. So mm. that's usually enough. And of course, you need links to be found. However... SEO is all about people loving your content. People want to return. Um, and you should always, always, always make it relevant to live people. That's way more important than making it re like relevant or use tricks to trick computers into algorithms into finding your website. Mm -hmm. So as so I always tell people who like sometimes they make like 10 copies of a web page and they put all these different keywords in there. That's really not what you want to do. You want to just make mm. it really relevant and then you're going to be found. Mm. Because, yeah. Because I once I read, like, for example, that Google doesn't like it when you go on a web page and then directly return. That's like the worst thing because that shows Google that your web page is really crappy because yeah, people yeah. just go on it and directly come back. And as you said, so probably Google measures how long you actually stay on a web page and you'd probably stay very long when you think that the content is amazing. Yeah. No, you, you, you make a website for people. And if people love it, uh, Google will love it as well. And also like the tricks in the early days, like you had like metadata and like use H1 headings. So H1 headings are the most important. You have one on every website. Um, and then the early days, people would use like everything was an H1 heading, right? In mm -hmm. the code, you couldn't see it visually, but everything was it. So the keywords were going berserk. So they thought they could trick Google But you can't anymore. They're too smart. So make a website for your audience. Don't worry too much about um, the rest. Yeah. All right. All right. No, let's do that. Cool. Okay. Then you have uh, two more tips last and then, then, we, then we wrap up yes. this episode. And the first one is don't look at other web pages. Why is that a good? Why, why should people not look at other researcher web pages, for example? So um, I, I often, so I always, when I um, get a new client, I send them some homework, right? Hey, find five websites that you love, that you think are really good. Um, and often researchers only know about other research websites. So they'll send me like this crappy template website that is not really filled out. <laughs> and they're saying, oh, but these are our direct colleagues. We want to look like them or something, or they have a reason for that. But a lot of like, really, I don't want to... <laughs> too negative here but 90% of research websites or consortia websites or Marie Curie training network websites are horrendous and there's not a lot of budget to make them good so it's not just you know people want to have a good website but there's either no budget or they don't know about it or a nephew of a someone built it um so don't look at other research websites look at websites from like really wealthy companies that do really well look at apple look at um what airbnb like look at some big companies that spend millions on their websites and then learn and and uh, steal some ideas from them because yeah. those are websites that people thought for years about and um yeah that should be your inspiration not other hacked <laughs> website mm. um, i just thought about maybe even like okay you could look at google and, and apple but maybe even look at some like entrepreneurs who like single people because i guess yeah. most of our yeah, web pages yeah. are single people like but i don't know if elon musk has a web page or you know some you know I, these yeah, kind yeah. of people could maybe like because they're they're 
these are web pages about particular people, but they, as you say, have maybe some resources to make it nice and maybe get inspired from them. Makes there's, sense. there's, a, yeah, and there's a ton hmm. of ways you can find really interesting personal web pages. Really, you either go to Pinterest or Awards with like three W's, I think. <laughs> okay, I'll put um, that into the show notes. I've never heard about it. Yeah, I have, <laughs> I have a couple of sites where I look for inspiration as well. Um, and there are some really cool personal websites that you can imitate. Like if you don't have a, a big budget. Look at some other really cool person that's not in your field, like whatever, an actor or something with their personal website. Uh, and if you really like it, try to, you know, build something similar, of course, unique, but similar mm. to what they're doing. Yeah, no, cool. Okay, Lisbeth, last one. And that is, you said, stop using click, click. here. Oh my gosh. Why <laughs> is that? Why is, why is that a case? <laughs> Please this don't click here. Is my biggest <laughs> okay after fake bullet points? I have a thing about people using fake bullet points as well, but um. What are big fake bullet? Fake points? bullet points, like when they just put like a, a dash in front of a sentence, and not like actual bullet points. Like a lot of people do that. Don't get me started. Really? Okay. <laughs> Never heard about that. Okay. 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 Um. Uh. No. So click here is just really. It's bad for SEO. What we're we just talking about. So if you have a link, right? Oh, um, uh, um, find my resume. Click here, and then the click here is like hyperlinked to another location. If I just see a click here, I don't know where it goes. Also, Google doesn't know what the connection is because they just see click here, and there's a million sites that have that. Um, I want you, to know where I'm going. Say, yeah, but this sentence that you just said. Uh, to find my resume, click here. Where would you then put the hyperlink if not on click here? Would you put it on? Okay, so yeah. easiest thing, How would you do that? if it's a short yeah. sentence, the entire sentence. Okay, but would you still have click here in that no, sentence? No, 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 no. So no click here. No click here is anywhere. Because it's, it's like, <laughs> you don't walk up to someone and say, oh, click here. Um, <laughs> no click here. Um, there's a couple of things. If it's a short sentence, uh, follow me on Twitter. The whole sentence is a link. Mm. Um, that's easy. If it's like a longer sentence, for example, do you want more tips about um, how to make a great research page? Um, go to my website and find my blog. And then like the last part, um, go to our website, go to our blog. Then that should be hyperlinked. Mm. Um, or read our blog and then the whole title of the blog and then the whole title is a hyperlink. So make sure that the, the part that's linked actually tells people where they're going to go and what they can find there. So also, if you're saying download my publication, I don't know what's going to happen. So make sure that instead of download my publication, you say, um, hey, uh, find my publication on PubMed or download my, my publication as a PDF. Uh, then Be you really put, clear, yeah, because yeah, mm, otherwise mm. people get like kind of like little surprises. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So it's like be clear, be precise, so that people know what they're getting, and then because then probably yeah. it's more likely that they actually download it or go to your Twitter profile or whatever it is. Yeah, but can you imagine yeah. like this is important? Like if you're on holiday and you're on like this really expensive mobile plan, right? Because <laughs> it's like mm. five euros per MB. Um, and then imagine clicking on a link that says like, oh, click here. And it downloads like a PDF file. That's like, it's going to cost you 10, yeah. <laughs> 10 euros. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Not, not great. People <laughs> will not like you. <laughs> <laughs> Say, I'm not going to go back to that webpage at yeah. all anymore. 
So be very no. specific. Tell people where they're going to go. Be relevant. Um, just be nice. Just do the work for the people so don't so people that are in a hurry don't have yeah. to do the work. Yeah. That's Yeah, don't expect it. yeah, d make the barriers as low as possible, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. that's but I think whatever you do in yeah. your whole life, if you want to sell anything or if you want to be good at anything, that's always the thing to think about like how can I make it easier for my target group because if if it's not easy, they will not do it and then you will not get the benefits yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Exactly. No, we're no. I mean just think about how busy you are and what you want to read. Um you yourself are the audience as well. Mm, so yeah no. here we go that's it Lisbeth here we come to the end of the episode if people want to reach you since we didn't really have a big intro okay I'm gonna make a nice intro in the beginning so so that people know where to find you stuff but how can they find you and maybe just say one word about the online scientist well you can find me at theonlinescientist.com <laughs> yeah um, where um, if you don't have any, if you don't want to spend any money, we have a blog with all these tips about science communication. Just go to our blog, learn some stuff. Um, and we got some eBooks and presentations. And of course you can, um, if you want to do something, uh, contact me and tell me about your project. Maybe I can help. Cool. That's beautiful because you don't only do uh, web pages for single people, but you also do web pages for consortia, for example, um, and you for also anyone. give some classes. As, as long as they're anyone. making the world a better place, doing research, uh, and also if they don't want a boring website. I, I had yeah. someone ask me, can you make this? Oh, it doesn't need to be really great. <laughs> they told me it didn't need to be really great. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I want to build I cool websites. <laughs> I can't do boring web pages. No, yeah. that's actually kind of cool that you that you have that that standard to your own work. So that's really cool. Yeah, Lisbeth, I'm sure I'll have you back on the web uh, on the podcast in a year or so. Whatever. It was a pleasure again. Thanks for joining today. Thanks so much for inviting me again, <laughs> Julia. It was so much fun. <laughs> cool. See ya. Thanks. Hi, folks. That's it for this episode of this Science Communication Accelerator podcast. I hope you learned something. I hope you got inspired a little bit by Elizabeth Smith and her energy. And I'm hoping to have you back again on this podcast in two weeks. Up until then, I would be flattered if you share this episode with one colleague or a friend so that we can grow this community of people who want to make better psychom. All the best to you. Take care. And looking forward to have you back on this podcast in two weeks. Bye-bye.